David Jordan. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. Drives one out to deep left field. This one's got a chance to get out of here. Gone. Three-run Jimmy Jack first. Big league home run for Mike Trout. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to our first live show here at Infinity Sports. What's up, everybody? Thanks hey, for being hey. here live. Woo! What's popping, y'all? Thanks for coming in. If you can't tell from the names, I'm Wayne G, and I'm here with my co-host Jesse and Sully. What's going on, guys? What's up? So pretty cool. We are live. Obviously, this may be the first time you guys have seen us live because it's the first time. So awesome. We're going to be doing this every Monday and Wednesday night at 7 p.m., and those episodes are going to air on the RTF Network the following day, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. So if you miss any part of the show, you can check it. Plus, it's going to be up on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Actually, why don't we get that logo up here? We are going to be on the RTF Sports Network. Mondays, it says, oh, i got to change the dates. That's an old thing. It's going to be 1 o'clock, Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you feel like you need to reach out to us, we're a very interactive group. We do have social media available you can reach out and comment to us there we go again another cool graphic you can reach out to us at infinity sports podcast on facebook at infinity sports podcast on instagram and jesse manages the twitter page so i'll let him say where you can find us there we are at sports infinity five that's a sweet ass graphic we will respond we will and especially if you have <laughs> negative stuff i know you're doing only negative stuff about these two and everything's positive for me but i'm used to it so don't don't feel shy Come at us, bro. <laughs> uh, it is a big show today for our first live show. They're all big shows, but we're going to go back to Factor Fiction. We did that last week. We've got a breakdown of the AFC South. We've been doing that. I think we only have one more division after this. And we've got our Infinity Five, which is a music edition. We're going to talk about our favorite artists slash bands. So pretty cool. You guys can let us know what your favorites are, and you guys can jump in on Factor Fiction. If you are on the comments, um, I'll be honest with you, it's like a 30-second delay, so by the time you're actually typing in your answer, we're probably going to be on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, we got all that stuff going on. Uh, first thing is, obviously, though, we want to kick things off with the news. So, let's kick up a new graphic here. With the news. That's weak. I actually got to get better at that. <laughs> and I actually got to change our background, too. I was supposed to be changing the background. Like, boom, there we go. There's the news background. <laughs> hey Wayne right. being brutally honest with you guys. <laughs> no, welcome to a live show, folks. Yeah, we're just figuring it out on the fly. Exactly. So, we're going to shoot the shit. Basically, the news, I like to start off with the whole This Week in History. We do it every week. And so I went through. I do got to say that I mentioned you guys last week, the site that I go to, they had, you know, on this day, Mike Tyson raped somebody. And we're like, damn, that's like hardcore. You know, same site, no joke, because a lot of stuff right now is around the Tour de France. So they have Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France, but they have a picture of Lance Armstrong. It says Tour de France. And under his picture, it says Lance Armstrong, cyclist, drug cheater. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they're not pulling any punches. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, he's an admitted drug user. I mean, by, like, you know, he said he did it and he did it to maintain competition with what everybody else is doing. And if you don't like that reason, that's fine. You don't have to like that reason, but fuck it. Everybody else was cheating while he was biking, and they didn't win seven in a row. So yeah, exactly. we had a conversation off the air. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking conversation. A conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on this day in history, we got or this week, we've got July 25th, 1997. Brett Favre signs a monster contract, seven years and 50 million. How about that? <laughs> I mean, back then it was huge. Say, it's now probably- it's laughable. Now it's a, if somebody gets offered that deal, they're like, damn, you sucked. Like literally Patrick Mahomes got 10 times that amount. 
Uh, we also have July 26, 1962. This one's kind of cool. Warren Spahn, famous pitcher, right? Hits his 31st career home run. He finished with 35 career home runs. Which pitcher has the most? Do you guys know that? Warren Spahn. He, yeah, I was going to say, 35 yeah. sounds like a piss ton of fucking home runs for a pitcher. Absolutely. So I looked it up. I was like, did he hit like 370 as well? But now he hit 194. But he's <laughs> the Adam Dunn of pitchers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That might be a better average than Adam Dunn. <laughs> And then Not we hard. get July 26, 1933. This one I thought was cool, too. So, obviously, we all know that the longest hitting streak in Major League Baseball history, Joe DiMaggio, was it 56? Yeah. All right. So, he had the longest hitting streak in minor league history, 61. His 61-game hitting streak ended on this day in 1933. He has both? Yeah. Guy's a fucking monster. That's bananas. I mean, that is bananas. Five, that's Nomar Garciaparra. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he plays good defense. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, I wonder if I can bring up comments here on the thing. Yeah, I'm not going to kill myself trying to figure it out. All right. <laughs> the, uh, uh, what do we got here? We have uh, July 27th, 1996. A uh, bomb goes off at Olympic Park in Atlanta, killing one, injuring 110. I do remember this, the 96 Olympics. I don't really remember it for that. I know that was a big story, and they made a movie about it later on, how they wrongly accused somebody for doing it. But um, for me, I remember Michael Johnson in the gold shoes. Yeah, I don't remember the tragedy. I mean, honestly, I was seven years old at the time. But, uh, I mean, if, if a scumbag wants to take a large amount of people, they're going to do it at an Olympic event. Yeah, it was a Clint Eastwood movie, wasn't it, actually? Yeah, it might have been. I think he just he just made it, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those gold shoes, they were, they were all the talk. I mean, that was when Michael Johnson kind of, I think, started his dominance. Or was it just the end of his dominance? I can't really remember. Um, the end. He set the world record in the 200, and then Usain Bolt came and just destroyed everybody. That was, but Usain Bolt was 2002, wasn't he? It was, it was way later. Yeah, it was. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Michael Johnson had that stretch of dominance, and those gold shoes were so hot. On July 29th, 1921, at the age of 54, Cy Young goes out and pitches two innings. That was your birth year, right, Wayne? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was like, I, was like I was like 27 when that happened. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Cy Young's just accomplishments, his list of is just insane. I mean, the guy, we talk about all the modern, like, advancements we have now and, and how good these guys are and the longevity they're playing. And this guy was probably smoking eight packs a day and fucking banging down whiskey and Cokes and shit and just lighting up, <laughs> just having a great time and still putting up insane numbers. I mean, there's a legit reason why the best pitcher in baseball every year gets an award named after this guy right here. Exactly. Well, what's crazy too is this guy is probably the only pitcher in history to pitch a doubleheader, like both games in a doubleheader. <laughs> like the, they didn't care about your health back then. His poor arm and shoulder. Jesus. Can you imagine the arthritis he had at 70? Oh, I don't know. He probably died at 58 after. <laughs> Wayne was at the funeral. Uh, right. It's true. Yeah. He's Wayne was the keynote speaker. I sang Danny Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, July 29th, 1986. This is the last one I have. A judge rules against the NFL in an antitrust lawsuit and awards the USFL $1 in damages. <laughs> Wasn't uh, Trump a big part of the USFL? Yeah, he was like one of yeah. the, like, the top guys. He had his own team, the New Jersey Generals, whatever it was, and he had the $1 bill that was awarded. Like the NFL paid in cash. Like, hey, here's a – or maybe it was a check. It was like $1. And I think that uh, in the interview they did for the ESPN 30 for 30, Trump was talking to the interviewer. He's like, ah, you want this? I don't want it. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's probably worth a couple hundred grand because it's a milestone like thing. Oh, 100% now. Yeah, those uh, startup we, leagues never are too successful. Which is, which is, I mean, honestly, I don't understand, like, not to get too off on a tangent here about monopolies and things like that, but how do we not find these, these major league corporations are monopolies? Like, I guess, like, you could split off and, and form your own league and everything, but, but realistically, you could never, like, I don't know. I guess that's where they, like, they make it is it's very viable and easy to do, but none of them ever survive. So. Well, they try. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to watch the CBA games. You're going to watch the XFL games. It's the, the quality is such a huge drop. No, and, and that's the thing is you have to eventually get the big talent to come over to there. So, like, like you know, the G League, I think, you know, is going to get a lot more looks now and a lot more watches because a lot of these big kids are not going to the NCAA. They're going straight to the G League. And so I think that league may see a bump in, in popularity because of it. I mean, let's hope so. I mean, I think we can all agree the NCAA fucking sucks and we hate them. So any any way we can see that 
that corporation monopoly destroyed. I think we're all in favor for Well, the big news I guess they had was obviously COVID-19 is starting to rear its head back into sports. We've seen the Marlins canceled their game because they had so many players test positive. They had just played the Phillies, so the Phillies canceled their game. And then we were seeing things like, you know, the NFL players backing out of it. We're seeing, you know, NBA players leaving the bubble and having to get quarantined like Lou Williams. And it just seems like I almost feel like sports isn't going to happen. It's kind of happening, but I feel like it's not going to get any traction. Well, there are certain sports that are certainly uh, having a tougher time with it. I think the NFL, uh, they allotted themselves the largest window, but have done nothing with it. So they're really scrambling right now. The MLB is having a tough time because they're not in a bubble. The leagues that I think are going to be successful are the NBA and the NHL. They are really focusing on staying inside the bubble. Yeah, we saw Lou Williams step out, but they were very swift with the get the hell out of here, take your time for you know to recover, and then come on back. So uh, it's a... Uh, it's it's very nice to uh, know that we're getting sports in some capacity back. You know, both the NHL and the NBA, I think, are going to end up being successful. Um, but the NFL and the MLB, it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Jesse here at this point, and and you, Wayne. Honestly, I, I'm really nervous about sports in general, and and why I think the NBA and the NHL are, are in the best spot to succeed. I think baseball is kind of setting the track for for the NFL, and I mean. You know, what happens when in the NFL games are so huge? You know what I mean? It's, it's, you only get 16 of them, 17 of them. So, 16, sorry. So, you know, it's not like 60 where you can just, you know, cancel three or four over the weekend and then maybe make them up. It's, no, it's, it doesn't work like that. So, if a team goes down and they start canceling games, we're going to have a real issue. And, and I just don't know outside of a bubble with all the travel if, if, if it's going to be able to hold up. I really don't. It's going to be a huge risk, but on top of that, they've already started to limit how many preseason games we're going to have. So I am starting to question the quality of these games because tackling is usually very poor to start the season. You're going to take away some of these joint practices. You're going to take away some of the preseason games. I think it's going to be a pretty sloppy first half of the season if we even get a season. And the last bit of news I had, I didn't have a ton of news. So the last bit, obviously, just recently, very recently, was the Joe Kelly news throwing a fastball you know, behind Bregman and then you're know, talking shit to Korea and getting an eight game suspension, which I know is what is it, uh, an eighth of their season. But I mean, he does have a history. This is a guy who throws at people a lot and he throws 102. So it's not like he's throwing change ups at people. You're not wrong, Wayne. I mean, speaking of history, how many games did those Houston Astros players get for cheating? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with hero. They got <laughs> zero. So Joe Kelly is as pissed off as every other fan and baseball player in the league, a, a league where players should be playing to play the right way. Uh, and, you know, he did what all of us wanted him to do. What all of us want to do is throw at those schmucks. And he got eight games. And those Astros players, donut. That's ridiculous. Manfred should be embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, I know he's got a history and all, but and you say he's got every right to be mad like the rest of us. Well, the Dodgers got a bigger bone to pick with him than, than everybody else. You know, they were directly affected and lost the goddamn World Series because of it. So I get the bone they got to pick with him. You know, and Joe Kelly, you know, on both sides of the coin here, he's got a history, and he threw directly at their heads. You know, the Carlos Correa pitch, I mean, if Carlos Correa doesn't move, that directly hits him in his ear hole. And at 98, that is dangerous. I'll give you every bit of that. The guy's got to get suspended. Eight games in a 64-game – or in a 60-game season, like you said, that's an eighth of their season. That's so many games. Exactly. Two games, maybe. Two games, call to wash, don't do it again. It sets the tone for the rest of the league, too. I, I, that's the issue now is we all want to see the Astros get their due punishment, and I don't think we're going to because if anybody throws at them, they're going to get four or five games now or something like that, and and, and I just don't I, – I mean, it's just fucking bullshit. The baseball looks so bad here. It looks so bad here. Yeah, the worst aspect of it is is that the Astros players got zero, and now every yeah. player wants to get a piece and is going to get suspended. I mean, honestly, I hope there's a pitcher for every team that's willing to take like bite the bullet and like we'll, we'll get that five day game suspension, boss. Let me throw at him. We're going to make this happen every series. Well, that's my question. You you brought it up. You said you know I think that at the start of the season, the Major League Baseball made it very clear. They said we're going to issue warnings at the beginning of every Astros game before the game even starts. Just Protecting let guys know the you Astros. throw it, you get you yeah. But they still got bean. They're getting bean three, four times a game. So do you think Major League Baseball suspended Joe Kelly eight games to send a message like, all right, you guys aren't going to listen to warnings. Will you listen to this? Hopefully not. I mean, they're, they're going to have to. And I don't think anybody will get eight because, like you said, Joe Kelly's got a long list of doing this. I mean, he's he's the guy you send out to bean somebody. Like, like he's just that guy. 
Um, so, I mean, he's got a long list. He, he, in any other season, eight games make sense. It really does. I, I just don't see it here. And then, I mean, we can't just skate past the crybaby face he made and how fucking great that was. I mean, come on. Like, even if you don't agree, Wayne, tell me that wasn't just perfect. When he, I mean, that was just so good. It was just such great TV. I mean, it was just so perfect. The fact that Bregman doesn't even look at him after he's doing it just makes me feel more so that Bregman's a cheating bitch. Yeah, well, I think that that's perfect Joe Kelly. When it, when it first happened, I said, this is classic Joe Kelly. Yeah. We, we, we saw him as Red Sox fans. This is what he does. He just – the guy had an interview at the beginning of the season several seasons ago, and they asked him, they said, you know, who, who do you think is the best pitcher in baseball? I was like, oh, it's me. I'm winning the Cy Young this year. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got this attitude. And he, just, he just, when somebody said, like, he'd talk trash to them after throwing behind their head, it's like, well, that sounds like Joe Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely does. You want to knock the guy for being overconfident, but at the same time, Wayne, I mean, if I were to ask you who the best basketball player in New Hampshire is, you would say you. Uh, <laughs> at one point. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, New Hampshire, don't sell me fucking short. All in New England, God damn it. <laughs> 80 pounds ago, I was pretty- <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, that's it for the news. We are going to jump into a section that we came up last week. It's called fact or fiction a little bit of a game show type feel to it we are go i don't have a theme song which is why i'm talking over the uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh so basically what we have is i've got only getting his ass four- beat that's what we got oh god well, yeah, it was it was four zero or no, four one last week because you had that flyer in the last question You're like yeah i don't give a shit i can just answer whatever we can so, get shut out baby I'm actually going to grab a notebook. I should have the notebook sitting next to me so I don't have to get up and look like an idiot. Uh, you, you don't have to try hard to look like an idiot, Wayne. As he gets up and looks like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I should have had it next to me, but I didn't. All right, so I guess this is my scoreboard for you guys. We're just going to do it different this week. We're just going to go in order of sport. And I know that uh, Sully went first last week, so Jesse is going to have the first question. Again, it doesn't really matter because you guys both get a chance to answer. So Major League Baseball, fact or fiction, Jesse – the pitching triple crown is having the most wins, strikeouts, and the lowest ERA in a single season. It's been done 38 times. Fact or fiction, not a single pitcher is in the top 10 for all three for their career. Fiction. Yeah. I'm going to have to go fiction also. I just don't think you can win a triple crown. There's not one. Yeah, that's the, if, that's if the thing. Not one. one. Yeah, that's, that's what got me. Yeah. It is a fact. There what? is Nobody in the top 10 in all three categories. Walter Johnson is the closest. He's in the top 10 in wins and strikeouts, and he's 12th in ERA. Wow. Wow. That's a good one, Wayne. Greg Maddox is in wins and strikeouts. He's 233rd in ERA. Uh, Roger Clemens is 215th, and Christy Mathewson is 38th in Ks. He was in the top 10 in wins and ERA. So Walter Johnson, the closest. Wow. No points awarded, so now – Sully, your question, Cameron Mabin and Edwin Jackson have each been traded seven times in their career. That's the most for any Major League Baseball player. You're asking? That's the question? Is it fact or fiction? I thought there was something after that. <laughs> um, so, so to be fair, the, 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 the question I'm wondering is, are they the ones who lead it? The seven is the correct number they have been traded, though, right? That is the correct number that they've been traded, yes. We just don't know if seven's the the overall the biggest number. Um, I'm going to go fiction. Wait, just seven teams or seven trades? Seven trades. Okay, I'll go fact. My fault. My fault. I'll go fact. I'm going to go fiction. It is fiction. Jesse Chavez was traded eight times. All right, Jesse, your fact of fiction for baseball. Catcher Ivan Pudge Rodriguez has more hits than any catcher in history. Fiction. And I, I very much dislike Pudge, just to get that out in the air. I know, that's why I have this question on there. It's always just thinking about it, I guess. He played for a long time. Uh, I'll go fact. It is a fact. 2,844 <laughs> hits. He played a long-ass time. Yeah. Second place was Ted Simmons. He's got over 400 hits on Ted. Uh, see, I thought it was Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> you could have asked me that question, and I'd have probably said Mike Piazza, honestly, just because I think everybody likens him to the best-hitting catcher. But He has the most home runs for any catcher. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 
Uh, last baseball question. This one is to Sully. Fact or fiction? Now, we posted happy birthday to Alex Rodriguez on our page. That shortstop in Yankee history. That's right. It led me to pointing out that he won back-to-back Gold Glove Awards before moving to third base. Now, prior to him, Omar Vizquel had quite a stretch at shortstop. 11 Gold Gloves. Is that the most for any shortstop? Yeah. Fiction. It's fiction. Ozzy Smith had thirteen. I, I knew it was they were, I knew they were close, but I, knew it I just was I thought it was. I thought Ozzy seemed too fucking uh, the wizard. The wizard. Uh, too. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Obvious. Jesus Christ. So. Uh, so I, the I, pen. I, yeah, it is the pen. <laughs> so NBA. Now we go in, and Sully gets the first shot at NBA. Phil Jackson won eleven NBA titles, but the record for the most regular season wins is Lenny Wilkins at one thousand three hundred thirty-two. Fiction? I'm also going to go fiction. I think Phil actually fiction. has to win. Yeah. Don Nelson. I was, I was just saying, I don't think it was either five. one. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it had been Phil with all those successful teams you had with the Bulls and then the Lakers. Yeah, no, Don Nelson has the most regular season wins. Only by three, though. Lenny Wilkins is number two. Yeah. Oh. Uh, actually, uh, I probably subconsciously knew that because he, like, just did it, didn't he? Yeah, Don Nelson, <laughs> like, a long time ago. <laughs> Maybe he's dead. I don't know. Is he dead? Wayne Wayne going morbid again, folks. (laughs) I met him when I was a kid. All right, Jesse. And what'd you ask him? Uh, No, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) We're we're on a schedule. (laughs) Uh, He did confirm I was the best player in New Hampshire, though. Um, So the Golden State Warriors, Jesse, have more rookies of the year than any other NBA franchise. I'm going to go fiction. Yeah, me too. It's a fact. They have six. Wilt Chamberlain, Rick Barry, Woody Salisbury, Jamal Wilkes, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Weber. I forgot about Woody Salisbury. Yeah, I mean, he's the best of the list. God. Idiot. Did uh, they name the uh, steak after him or other way around? It used to be called the Woody Steak, and people were like, I don't want to put Woody's in my mouth, so they changed no. it to Salisbury. Let's go to Salisbury. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Sully, uh, you your turn here. Now, thanks to Michael Jordan and LeBron James, the jersey number with the highest scoring average in NBA history is number 23 at 12.4 points per game. Again, I thought there was more coming to that. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. Um, I don't have that button. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a great button. Uh, man, this one just seems obvious too, but I'm going to go fiction. I'm also going to go fiction. It is fiction. Number 33 is 13.35 points per game. Kareem, Ewing, Bird, Pippen. Pippen, yeah. I just, I thought, I was thinking of like Kareem and Wilt's numbers, and that's what I was trying to go with. 32, 32 would have been up there for me as well. Yeah, that's, that's why, that's why the 32 and 33 were the big ones up there. Now, Jesse, the last NBA one we have here, 16 players in NBA history have won Rookie of the Year and also MVP. However, none of them did it in the same season. Fiction. He seems so confident and he knows his NBA. So I almost have to go fiction here. All right, you going fiction? Yeah. Uh, it is fiction. Yeah. Wes Unseld and Wilt Chamberlain both did it. Yeah. Sky. Right. Let's see. It's still two to one, just like last time. It's like horseshoes. It's just you keep ringer after ringer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my fucking stupid Ozzy Smith question. (laughs) NFL, Jesse, I think you have the first question here for NFL. The most Mm. rushing yards. What? He just went. On the last one. Yeah, but he just went. All right, all right, right, fine. I I mean, I don't care how you do it, bro. Yeah, well, you better not care. So (laughs) uh, you go first. (laughs) Uh, NFL, the most rushing yards per season by any jersey number is number 32, led by Jim Brown. Give me a sec, because this one I got to think about. That one I actually think is a fact. I'm going to go fiction. It is fiction. It's number 28 by Chris Johnson, Marshall Falk, Adrian Peterson. Twenty-eight. Oh, yes. You said <laughs> yards per game. Uh, yards per season. Yeah, I don't listen. 
Yeah. I, I was thinking of overall total yards because I'm like, OJ Simpson's up there. Fucking Jim Brown's up. Fuck. I'm an idiot. All right, Jesse. Dak Prescott averages more passing yards per game than Brett Favre, Warren Moon, or John Elway. I'm going to go fiction. Fact. It is a fact. 246.5. It's just a different era. It's going to go more more so this season, too. Yeah, it's yeah. just a different era. Guys throw for 300 yards like it's fucking nothing now. That's that's why I knew that one. High-flying the, cowboy team. The older era, I think the highest ranked was like 10th. It was uh, Dan Marino. Yeah, uh, it's like that, and and he was late. He was lacing the ball. You know, he was throwing like no other team was. So yeah, that makes sense. All right, Sully. Jim Brown. Like another Jim Brown question. Jim Brown edges out Barry Sanders for the most yards per carry, as number one overall. Uh, false. Fiction. I'm gonna go fact. It is fiction. The number yeah, one yards per Chris carry Johnson. in NFL history. Charles, uh, Jamal Charles. Oh, Jamal Charles, I meant. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, for the Chiefs. It's like 6.7 or something crazy. 5.49. Oh, yeah. Even better. <laughs> Ray's going to be mad at me because he, he, he knows I know that stat and he knows that stat. All right, so the last one, so it started. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so What's the score? 3-3. Three, three. That's what I thought. Let's fucking go, Jesse. All right, Jesse. <laughs> Fact or fiction. The most non-offensive touchdowns, so defense and special teams, is 20 by Devin Hester. I'm going to go fact, even fact. though I'm not super confident. I think it it's a fact. fact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Number two is Dion with 19. <laughs> See, yeah. honestly, I was thinking Dion. I was like, oh, I want to say it's a, it's a different guy, but. <laughs> no, I remember Hester breaking the record. Yeah. All right. Let's see if I just hit, hit a button here. Ran. There we go. All right, I got it. All right, we are at NHL. Woo! So, to the end, we've got two categories left, gentlemen, and it's a tie game. So, Jesse, you're going first this one in NHL. Fact or fiction, the NHL champion version of Bill Russell is Henry Richard with 11 rings. Uh, I'm going to go fact with the Rocket. I think I'm going to go fact, too. Those Canadians in the old days were so good. It is a fact. Rocket Richard. This one's for Sully and one of his favorites. Martin Brodeur has the most career saves, 28,928, but does not have the best save percentage of all time. Uh, Fact. I'm also going to go fact. It is a fact. Dominic Hasek at .922. The dom- I, used to love the I, I don't think if you're a person on this planet, you don't love Dominic Hoshik. I don't fucking like you at all. Plain and simple. <laughs> like plain and simple. Like we, so we do a lot of these drafts. We've talked about it on FBAS. Dominic Hoshik is a lock, like top five, first, first round pick every single time. He's always the first goalie off the board. Everyone loves him. I don't know how you can't. The guy's just fun to watch and he's fantastic. Now, uh, Jesse, uh, fact or fiction, the most consecutive NHL games played among active players is Patrick Marlowe with 854. I'm going to let you know right now. Whatever you guess, I'm guessing because I got no fucking clue. Uh, I'm going to go with fiction. Fiction. It is fiction. Keith Yendel at 866. With the Coyotes. I was going to think of defenseman. I really would, but I, there's no way I could nail one down. And Sully, the last NHL question. Wayne Gretzky has the record for the most career heart trophies with nine. The active leader has three. Um, so in this case, the active leader uh, could have more than three, and it would be fiction. Correct. So we're saying three is the active leader. <clears throat> I think it's false. Fiction. I'm also going to go with fiction. It is a fact. Ovechkin and Crosby both have three. See, wow. I thought they both had two. I didn't think they both had three. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, the last I also category. thought they had more. Did, oh, no, I didn't think they had more because I know they were splitting them a lot of years. And then Evgeny Malkin got one one year and shit like that. And then the Chicago teams were good for those years. So I just didn't think they got to three. 
Yeah, well, it is tied 3-3 still, and we are on the NCAA. Let's so, go. First question, this one goes to who's NHL. Jesse had first question for NHL, right? So, Sully, first question, NCAA. The most rushing yards for a season in the NCAA history is not Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith, but Ron Dane from Wisconsin. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that was just broke. Uh, fiction? I'm going to go with fiction as well. It is fiction. Barry Sanders, 2,628 in the season. Ron Dane had 2034. <clears throat> Jesse, fact or fiction, Trey Young led the nation in assists in 2017-18 with 10.03 assists per game. It was the first time in 25 years that any college player averaged double digits. I'm going to go with fact. I think I'm going to go fiction. It, 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 fiction. It is a fact. The last time it was done was 94-95. Trey Young that season also <coughs> led the nation in points scoring 27 points. Well, that I knew. I knew he led him in both, but I, I just didn't think there's no way somebody else didn't get 10. So that's the uh, – and that was also the first time any player ever led in scoring in assists yeah. the same year. Yeah. That's where I thought the question was going. Yeah. All right. So we had uh, – who did I leave off with? So it started with you, It's on me. Jesse. It's on you again. Okay. Anthony Davis is the last NCAA player to win the Naismith Award and a national championship in the same season. That was 2011-12. Fact? I'm also going to go with fact. Pussy. It's fiction. Jalen Brunson just did it two years ago. <laughs> Who the fuck is Jalen Brunson? That's Super Villanova <laughs> team that kept beating UNC. <laughs> <laughs> all right so Sully you're that's, down that's... one point and there's the last question so we could uh, force a tie I guess all you can do is disagree with Jesse right uh, yeah whatever he who... says I disagree with don't make the question easy Wayne <laughs> all right so Jesse Jesse fact or fiction Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin is the last player to win the Doak Walker award twice fact yeah it's fact it is a fact, yeah. So That's a fucking question we get? <laughs> He's the most recent running back. He was in this Exactly. Class. Well, you could have thought maybe he only won it once. <laughs> am I 2-0 am I oh in this competition now? Like, bro. <laughs> it <laughs> happened like last year. But, but I don't know if Jesse knew it was two years I get row, questions right? from Jim Brown's era. <laughs> you guys got the same questions. Like, Fuck. <laughs> All right, so we're going to head into our NFC breakdown. Let's play some fun music again. That was just fun. I'm eating pastrami. <laughs> All right, we are doing our AFC South breakdown. Oh, actually, i got to change the background here. I still got the fact or fiction thing up. Let me get on your shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm slacking big time. All right, here we go. Back, scroll back up. All right, so we decided early on that Jesse was going to go first in this and Infinity Five, and I was going to go second, and Sully's going to go last. So, Jesse, pick any team you want to start with. AFC South, what do you got? I'm going to start right from the top, and this may surprise uh, some of you. I'm going to choose the Tennessee Titans as uh, the team that I'm going to go with first. I have them going 10 and 6. Uh, I see some losses to uh, the Ravens, to Green Bay, to Denver. So, I, again, I've got them going 10-6. and six. I like this team. I actually have faith in Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I think the continuity is really going to help this team. I think Mike Rabel is one of the better coaches in the league, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Patriots fan, but uh, the guy really stuck it to Belichick last year um, and uh, kind of made a mockery of him for a couple minutes. So uh, really a big fan of uh, the Tennessee Titans this year, and they, I have them leading the AFC South. See, I have them going seven and nine. I actually have them finishing last in the AFC South. And everybody's yeah, you hate Tannehill. Oh, he hold on. Tannehill. The biggest thing is how do you have the Jacksonville Jaguars going better than seven and nine? Well, we'll get to that. I have, we'll get to that. We're doing the Titans right now. I have the Titans. Holy shit. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. I think that Derrick Henry had a freak year. I don't he, think he's a freak. I don't think their defense has it. So I think that the Tennessee Titans, I have the same losses that you have. I have them splitting with the rest of the division, and I have them losing to the Broncos and the Bills as well. Wow. So nine losses for the Titans? Seven and nine. Wow. I got them going 10 and six also, but they do not finish first in my division. 
Um, but yeah, I got them losing pretty much the same games. Uh, I, I got them losing to the Bills. Um, I got them splitting with the Colts. Um, I got them losing to the Ravens away, um, to the Packers away, um, to the Vikings away, things like that. Um, so I, I don't think they're a great team. I do think they may sneak in a playoff spot. Um, but man, I, I actually really like that defense. And and Mike Vrabel, I agree with. He's such a good coach. I think he's just a quarterback away. Unfortunately, I don't think Ryan Tannehill has the same efficiency he has next year. And I think that's going to be the big Achilles heel of this team. But Derrick Henry's the truth. I mean, ride that guy till he breaks. At this point, um, you know. So just keep hitting that. Guy. I mean, his second yard or second half yardage was fucking insane. So I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, it takes a whole team to take that guy down. He didn't have a freak year. He was born a freak. I mean, if you saw that guy in high school going against other high schoolers, it was completely unfair. So, I mean, I, I think you're really selling the Titans short, Wayne, but we'll have to see how the season plays out. Um, I just have a lot of faith in the continuity and keeping things the same for them. They didn't really do too much to uh, screw up with the chemistry on that team, and I think chemistry is going to go a long way specifically in this season. Uh, second, uh, Secondly, in this division, um, I actually have the Colts finishing 10 and six with the Titans. Uh, so I have the Titans finishing um, uh, a little bit higher as far as like a, a tiebreaker somewhere down the road. Um, but 10 and six is where I have them. I have them uh, losing to uh, Baltimore and Green Bay, just like the ti- uh, the Titans. Um, but I also have the Colts losing to the Browns and the Lions. See, I have the Colts at 10 and six, and this is the team I have winning the division. I have them, you know, losing again, splitting with the whole division. The whole division I have splitting with each other. I don't have anyone going two and zero against any other team. I also have them losing to the Bengals because there's always that one trap game. I do think that you know um, Joe Burrow is going to win some games, so he's got to win against somebody. I can't have him going zero and sixteen again. So ten and six for the Colts. I do think that they are the division winner. I don't think a wild card comes out of there, and I think that Philip Rivers makes a huge difference. As does Jonathan Taylor. I'm a huge Jonathan Taylor fan. We just talked about him being back to back Doak Award winners. I think he is going to be a very good back for them. As long as he doesn't drop the ball, that's been his bugaboo. So, you know, the Colts were my Super Bowl pick for the AFC. So I clearly like the team quite a bit. Uh, I have them going 12 and four. Uh, I think they're a really, really, really complete ball club. I think they're going to win a lot of, like I said before, 23 to 10 games, 27 to 14 games. I just think they're really well built. Um, I don't think they pick up a loss until about week eight at home against the Ravens. Uh, at home against the Packers is going to be a tough game, but I actually think they make it through that. I think they split with the Texans, um, split with the Titans, and then lose to the Steelers away. Um, and I think those are their four losses. Otherwise, I think they come out and they come through, and they're a strong-ass football team, man. I think they're going to run the football and play good defense, and Phillip Rivers is just going to do what Phillip Rivers does. So uh, I'm not worried about them at all. I have less faith in Phillip Rivers this year, uh, as well as in his passing options. I don't think that I have as much confidence in T.Y. Hilton or in the rookie receiver they just drafted. I don't think that they're going to have enough options to really stay in games. Uh, I know that you're saying they're going to you know, win some tight games. They're not going to blow people out of the water, but uh, I just don't have as much confidence in Phillip Rivers in this offense. Even though I have them going 10-6, and six, I just think um, <coughs> they're, they're better than the other two teams in this division. Right. Who are we on again? I'm sorry, I wasn't. Uh, so uh, which back to Jesse with who's he got in third? Yeah, so my third team is actually going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them finishing eight and eight. Uh, so uh, not a fantastic year, but I don't have a, uh, a lot of faith in Gardner Minshew. Love that dude's stash, but uh, I really don't think that this offense is good at all. Leonard Fournette has been a huge disappointment ever since being drafted by the Jaguars. Uh, I don't love their receiving threats at all. Don't love their defense at all. So the Jags I have going eight and eight. I think um, they've been struggling for a long time. Yeah, I have the Jaguars at eight and eight as well. And I know that's one game better than I had the Titans at. I do have them splitting with everyone in the division like everybody else. I do have them losing to the Lions, the Packers, the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens. Um, But I also have them beating the Vikings. I have them beating... The Chargers isn't a big deal. The Bears isn't a big deal. The Dolphins, they have a really easy schedule. So I can definitely see them going 8-8. Eight and eight. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars going 2-14. <laughs> um, I, think they're the worst, I think they're the worst team in football. I don't know what the fuck you guys see. You talk, you talk, All you do is talk about how bad the team is, and then you give them eight wins. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, the Dolphins are a better football team, plain and simple. I don't, I don't see any way around it. 
Um, I think there are only two wins. They get a win at the Chargers, and they get a win against the Bears. Otherwise, I think their their schedule sucks. I mean, the the, the playing the Titans and the Colts and the Texans isn't going to be fun. I think they get swept in that division. Then they got to go play the Packers away. Uh, they got to play the Vikings away in December. Those games are going to fucking suck. Uh, they got to play Baltimore away. I, I don't, they just don't play any like solid home games. They got to play Pittsburgh at home, but Pittsburgh's going to run through them. With who, they James may, Connor? I mean, they're just going to beat them. With they've, I mean, if you don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that almost made the playoffs with fucking uh, half a head, fucking <laughs> what's his name? I can't even think of his name. Uh, with Duck Hodges. Yeah, Duck fucking Hodges. Then then with Ben Roethlisberger, I think they're a really good football team. I mean, I don't think they're great, but I think they can win eight, nine, ten ball games. I think they can beat the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars. I got the Jags winning at least five games in the division. So I think you're hating on a team that's within in the so, wait, so so you do know they only play six games in their division, right? I do. So you they think they win five, five games in that division? I do. Bet, bet. Bat, <laughs> bat. Uh, no, that team's bad. That team's really bad at the game of football. So my last place team, and the reason why I actually have the Jaguars winning so many games is they don't have the toughest schedule in this division. The Houston Texans have the toughest schedule in this division and one of the toughest in the NFL. Did you see their first two weeks, boys? They play Kansas City and Baltimore in back-to-back weeks to start the season. They also face Green Bay. They also face Indy, Tennessee twice in their division. They go to Cleveland. I've got the tennis, the Houston Texans going seven and nine, and they're last in my AFC South. Oh, uh, so yeah. Desha- Deshaun Watson is is good. He's not going to be able to do much for that team. You know, all the receivers are always injured. David Johnson hasn't been good in at least four years. That Texans team is the worst team in this division, and that's why I have the Jags beaten up on them. I do like Deshaun Watson. I think he's obviously a great quarterback. I do like David Johnson. I think that he's not as bad as people make him out to be, but that's just, yeah, that team is so horrible, and they traded their number one offensive weapon for a second-round pick. I mean, they got nothing. They've they're just got nothing. J.J. Watt's 153 years old. I think he gets hurt every year, so I just I have him at 8-8. Eight and eight. I probably should have him worse, but so like I said, I got these teams 7-9, 8 8-8, 10-6. It's all pretty close. I do. The only reason I have him at 8-8 eight and eight is because I think that Deshaun Watson can get 18, eight wins with this team. He's that good. But eight and eight's the best I think they do. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys are seeing. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I get the Houston Texans made a blunder of things in the offseason and trading away uh, Nuke for essentially nothing doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, the team's still incredible. Uh, Will Fuller has never been healthy for two consecutive games. Kenny still is a a shell of himself. They just traded for Brandon Cooks, and he hasn't been good for at least three teams. So who do you mean? He's had 1,000 yards each of the last four seasons. Heads up. So yardage is everything? I mean, what do you what, what do you mean? What do you want from the guy? <laughs> Touchdowns, baby! I want scores. Uh, I mean, so just so we're clear, his his last four years: uh, 1,109, 1,108, uh, 1,107, 1,205, and then last year he had three or four concussions, so he was hurt. Uh, I mean, so it's not like he's not there. I mean, Brandon he's Cooks been, is an elite receiver who he's, can he's move around moved, the football. He's been moved around the league, but I mean, I'm, he's just to me, he's the best option on a team that has three. Eh, receivers and that running back again four years ago he was a superstar for the Arizona he had a thousand yards last year or two years ago david johnson had uh, david johnson had 1300 total yards two years ago i'm just saying i think i think you're i think you're downplaying a lot of what they have yes i do think they're they're not on the upswing i agree with that but to think this team's just gonna lose to a laughing stock like gardner fucking Minshew and the jacksonville jaguars twice I don't know. That's just, bar- I mean, Deshaun Watson's still a top five quarterback in the NFL. I-, I don't think there's any way around that. And then beyond that, you give him, I mean, you knock Brandon Cooks, bro. You, anyway, anytime you give me a 1,200 yard receiver with what he averaged six touchdowns a year, you give me 1,206 every year, I'll jerk off to that. That's fantastic. That's your, that's your number one, though. It, exactly. That's fantastic. How many number ones get 1,206? Nobody on fucking New England's doing that. Well, not not until Nikhil <laughs> Harry does it this year. I mean, twelve hundred and six is a huge. That's a that's a that's a huge number. I think. I, I don't know. I don't see how you downplay that. 
Um, I, I agree. There, there, none of these guys are probably in their prime, and, and losing uh, Nuke is, is a huge loss. But, I mean, 8-8 eight and eight is where I have them. I think 8-8 eight and eight's perfect. Uh, I, I, granted, I don't think they're a great football team, but there's no way this team is worse than the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars. So, I mean, you're going to hang your hat on that. But, again, look at the schedule. You know, they're playing. Uh, I see Baltimore back-to-back weeks. That, yeah, but no then they also get like Jacksonville. That. Yeah, powerhouse. <laughs> they also get to play Jacksonville. They get to play uh, the Browns, who I like, but they get the Browns away, which sucks. Um, they, got New, they got New England away. So, I mean, that's two more losses in my No, opinion. they get New England at home. Oh, too short. Uh, yeah, so they're going to win that game. Um, they get the Bears. They're going to win that game. They got the Bengals. They're going to win that game. They got the Vikings at home. They're probably going to win that game. I think they split with the Titans. I think they get swept by the Colts, like I said. You know, I, granted, I'm not trying to preach that they're a playoff football team, but to, I, I just I, I well, don't well, I went, see. I, I went seven and nine, and you went eight and eight. So you're no, I know. But my whole me a issue lot of is words for one win. But my whole issue is you have the Jacksonville Jaguars ahead of them. That's where that's where I can't find this a feasible option. That's so so, Infinity Sports fans, we have a $25 bet. Sully and I, if the Jaguars end up better than the Houston Texans, then he owes me 25 That's what I thought, but we'll go with I'll take the better than their <laughs> fucking Jaguars, too. Yeah, I'll take that, too. All right, so we'll run through it real quick. Jesse, who do you got? MVP, LVP? My MVP of the division is that freak, Derrick Henry, and my LVP is that idiot, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I actually have Philip Rivers. I think he gets the Colts to the playoffs. I think he's my MVP, and my LVP is also Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have Derrick Henry. Uh, even though I think Philip Rivers, you know, is the cog that gets that going. I don't think he has like a MVP type season, and I think Derrick Henry just does it again this year. Um, my least valuable player is the entire Jacksonville Jaguars team. <laughs> um. <laughs> They just suck. They're just a bad team. I don't like, they're just a bad team. All right, cool. Let's jump into our Infinity Five. We got some cool new music. So let's do this again and see how this works. Pastrami break. All right, guys, right. let's get, let's give Sully one second just to find the mute button. So next time he wants to take a break, <laughs> <laughs> right at the bottom of your screen, buddy, you can mute that. So we don't have to hear you chewing. Oh, might be done. Might be done. That pastrami's hey, 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 gas, so though. Homemade at Joe Mama's Pizza uh, in Port uh, Port St. Joe, Florida. So we always talk about our Infinity Five being our favorites. We wanted to go a little bit more personal again this time around. Our top five musical bands, artists, favorites. Not necessarily the top five of all time. We all have our favorites, and then there's the actual top five. Like I think, I'll be honest with you, Beatles, to me, are the number one band of all time. I don't have them in my top five because they're not one of my favorites. It's the favorites first so, best. Yeah, it's the favorites. Don't, don't think these are who we think is the top five of all time. You won't like this list if that's what you're going into with it. So, Jesse, why don't you kick this off? Who is your fifth? favorite band slash artist of all time all right so this one's probably the most controversial i grew up with these guys uh i don't care what any of you guys say but i want it this way and that's the backstreet boys okay they are my number five and uh, i could probably sing their greatest hits album right now with no lyrics in front of me i was a boy band guy and give me bsb over in sync every day all right. Well, I mean, they were a big boy band. I actually was a New Kids on the Block fan growing up, so I, I oh understand that you're a hundred. New Kids on the Block version, but uh, I guess for me, my number five is kind of a popular band as well. My daughter got into them, and that is the Imagine Dragons. Uh, when the song Radioactive came out, I was in love with the song Radioactive. I like the song Natural. I like the song. They got the new song. I can't remember the name of it, but it's all about like a relationship or something. It doesn't sound like most of their songs. Most of their songs all sound the same, but this one's a little bit different. Uh, but basically, yeah, I could probably listen to eight, nine, ten of their songs because I love all of them. I'm not a big Imagine Dragons fan, and I likened them to Nickelback earlier. I don't think they're that bad. I just think they're terrible live that that halftime performance or whatever they did was so bad but i, I do i do agree their songs are catchy uh, my number five nobody's gonna know uh his name's bryce vine um he's a uh, uh barry uh, morris 
Yeah, exactly. Drew Barrymore is his biggest hit. Uh, I mean, he's just a really like kind of happy rapper, man. It's it's really kind of upbeat, happy rap. He does a little bit of singing too. It's fantastic. You guys should give it a listen. You really should. Um, it's not like your typical rap you think. Uh, and he's just incredible. His projects are amazing. He wants to take Sully to California, bro. It's he's so good. La La Land. Look up. Look it up. It's good. All right. So my number four, uh, definitely more recent and more into my adult vibes is my boy from Pittsburgh, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I've gone to see him live twice now. I've listened to many of his albums and his mixtapes. Uh, this is the guy that I get high with the most. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know a lot of his stuff. Uh, oh, his black and yellow, black fantastic. and yellow. Yeah, that's on uh, you know. And then his laugh, his laugh is, you'll probably, I mean, you put on it, it's what he's famous for. <laughs> that's the long laugh yeah. on you. <laughs> I just know that I'm sure my, I have a few guys on my list of you guys aren't going to be as familiar with as well. My number four is actually uh, one of my all-time favorites because it is my favorite genre, and that is uh, George Strait. To me, he has more number one hits than anybody in country music history. He's got like 43 number one, that's nuts, number ones, 43 of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, just everything he does is really great. He's a classic country singer in the mold of like a Johnny Cash. Uh, obviously, it kind of turned more rock in like the mid-90s, really kind of took a shift. But George Strait has always held that kind of I'm a true blue, black hat, you know, country singer guy. Definitely someone that my mom and my dad enjoyed when I was growing up. Not anybody that I would put on myself. But, you know, when my mom wanted to turn it on when we were cleaning the house per her orders – this definitely made its rounds on, on, on the player. He's actually one of the few country I can like kind of listen to. I don't mind George Strait. Um, my number four is what I think of the greatest, like, I don't know, maybe like rap group of all time uh, is Outkast. Um, the, that, thank you for <sighs> AT Aliens is hands down one of the top five albums ever made. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to this album that's on the graphic right now. Super Catalastic play Playlistic Music is one of the best songs ever made. I'm telling you, this group is just the bee's knees. Everybody knows them for like their new poppy stuff, but their older stuff from back in the day in the 90s, it's just so good. It's just so lyrically like, I'm telling you, it's on a different level. You really got to spend some time and listen to it. They're amazing. Absolutely. I agree. I think that uh, Outkast is the best rap duo of all time. Uh, closely followed by Mob Deep. Um, my third favorite uh, favorite artist or group is actually going to be Pink Floyd. And I got to thank my dad for this. Uh, I grew up with, in a family that played a lot of classic rock. And Pink Floyd is just so different to me. They use noise and technology and sounds in a different way. I mean, you listen to time or you listen to money. The way that those songs start, it's going to rattle your bones. But then you're going to just kind of fall in love with the song every 20 seconds. So Pink Floyd is number three for me. I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. I like a lot of their stuff. And I'm not even a guy who gets high. I just like to listen to their music. It's so relaxing. Um, Try it high, like, Wayne. Yeah, I just like a lot of their stuff. So I, I definitely don't blame you there. Uh, my number three is actually sticking with the country music realm. Because I was trying to think of guys who I could listen to eight, nine, ten, or more of their songs in a row without getting sick of it. And this is a guy that I almost went to go see in concert a couple years ago. And the concert got sold out. And uh, then he got sick, and they canceled it, and they never rescheduled. And that's Alan Jackson. Um, I mean, Living on Love, the Chattahoochee, um, you know, Tall, Tall Trees. I, I love so many of his songs. In fact, I think the second or third podcast we ever did, the three of us together, I did a little Alan Jackson song to give a, you know, kind of a, a taste of how good my vocals are. I honestly thought you were going to play it. I swear to God I did. When you said, <laughs> oh, I got some clips, I thought you were going to have that one up, ready to go, bro. Um, my number three is, uh, I mean, I grew up with him. I, I lived him. I listen to him still every day in my life. And that's Lil Wayne. Um, I think he's the best artist ever. The Carter four, man, you are killing it with these albums, Wayne. How did you know? Like that you don't even <laughs> listen to rap. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, the Carter four actually no ceilings is my favorite album of all time. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's the best album of all time. You can start to finish. You don't got to pause a song, skip a song. You don't got to do anything. It's it, every single one's an absolute banger. Um, he's just the best. Carter four has uh Mr. Carter, right? Or President Carter. I believe so. I mean, there's oh. so, you know, that's from God when you like oh one at this point. Yeah, you know, I mean like oh five at this point. Jesus. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh Lil Wayne's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but uh my favorite rapper actually comes in at number two on my list, and that is Eminem, Slim Shady himself. Uh, I think the guy has just had such a, a fantastic career. He's had some lulls, some lows, um, but the highs that this guy has had for such a long period of time and just the veracity, the tenacity, uh, the thesaurus that this guy is. I love Eminem. My mom actually loves the dude as well. I mean, I'd love to be able to go see him live. 
Yeah, I think Eminem is. I was late to the game with him. A lot of people had talked about him, and I hadn't really heard his stuff. And then when the I use the album cover here, the Eminem show. When the Eminem show came out, I mean, obviously that blew up huge. And I mean, just White America, uh, Business. I mean, every song on that I could listen start to finish. That entire album, it's just so good. And I started to listen to more and more Eminem. And as a lyricist, he is. I really feel second to none. I still think Tupac's the best rapper of all time. His lyrics are so powerful and meaningful versus Eminem's are kind of jokey and clowny. But the way he strings together rhymes is just insanity. He's yeah. he's bonkers. It, honestly, probably, you know, it's so hard to make your top five lists. You know, he's probably on another one of my lists. Mac Miller's probably on another one. You know, it's so hard to make these lists. But Eminem, I mean, his new song, Godzilla, well, new-ish, Godzilla, where he breaks the record for fastest talking. Yeah, if, you, if, if you hadn't heard that, Wayne, you got to. Oh, God. Wayne, if you haven't heard Godzilla, Listen to it the second we get done with this. I'm telling you, he breaks the record for fastest talking or whatever. And, and it I'm makes sense. You, it and it makes sense. Stupid. You can hear it. Like you can hear every word and syllable he's saying. It's fucking insane. It's an it's incredible. Um, my number two is actually uh is, Jesse's. Is, oh, do you want to hit something else about him? Is it Wayne's number two or is he last? No, it's his oh. turn. My no, bad. no, no. It is yours. That's it. Oh, no, okay, Jesse yeah, just did two. Now you on two. My oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two, and this goes back to my parents. We all listen to the same stuff our parents listen to because it's the first music we ever really listened to. And for me, it became my all-time favorite band. My favorite song has been the same since I've been about nine years old, and that's Journey. Uh, the song Faithfully, to me, it was oh, played at our wedding. so good. It's just such a great song. That song's and, beautiful. It's a great, great song. And, and I mean, all their songs, the, the greatest hits, greatest hits live I could listen to, you know, Wheel in the Sky. I mean, even underrated songs like Still They Ride is still such a cool song. Uh, and Steve Perry's voice, I, I, they call him The Voice, and he was the first The Voice. Steve Perry's voice to me is is the best in music history. You have two of the best stadium bands of all time on here in Journey and then Imagine Dragons. I think Imagine Dragons, you know, as far as like their commercial type songs, their stadium type pump you up songs, those two bands are top notch. We'll get into best voices later, but um, yeah, my number two is a band Jesse brought up, and that's Pink Floyd. Um, you know, my parents are are huge hippies. Uh, you know, great now, not, but you know, back in the day, obviously, they lived through the height of the seventies, and um, you know, so they imposed this kind of music on me. And and you know, Jesse said it all. It's just all encompassing. It's not just the the guitar or anything like that. They were using so many different types of things to create sound and music and give you an experience. If you've never been to a Pink Floyd show, you should probably go. You know, it's not just about the music. It's about the visuals and things like that. Uh, I mean, it, it, nothing else needs needs to be said. I've actually gone to see Brit Floyd, uh, one of their cover bands here in New Hampshire, and the light show, the music, uh, it was all amazing. Um, but yeah, everything with Pink Floyd is awesome. Um, and they are just second uh, to my favorite band as far as rock bands go, and that is Led Zeppelin. That is the greatest band of all time, in my opinion. A lot of people will have the Beatles up there, but to me, Led Zeppelin does everything. They have an amazing uh, record list, and honestly, if it wasn't for their drummer's uh, fateful passing, um, then they'd still be making music like a lot of the, the bands that have been going on for 30, 40 years now. I mean, they, they stopped when their drummer ended up passing, but they'd still be making bangers right now. I mean, Stairway to Heaven, Immigrant Song, yeah, they're all... They're all great. Black Dog, Led Zeppelin is the best band of all time. Yeah, I love the Immigrant Song, and my daughter loves it because it's in the Thor movie, and it's yeah. like his theme music because they played again, I think, in Endgame or in Infinity War. And I always thought Thor's theme music should have been Thunderstruck by ACDC. Right. I that would have been. But That's what. This, uh, uh, oh no, I, Iron Man does Back in Black. Yeah. Right. Know, Maybe yeah. they didn't want to use two ACDCs. Two ACDCs. Songs. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Immigrant Song. I'm not a huge fan of all of their catalog. I know that they're considered one of the best bands of all time. I just never really got into them because, again, it did predate my parents a little bit. My parents were that 80s band kind of thing. And this was a little bit before. So I never really got into them. And I never really hung out with anybody who did listen to them. That's usually how you get your second wave of favorite music is your friends and people who you're around. So uh, unfortunately, I, I should listen to more of their stuff because I do like that one song, but I haven't, I'm not familiar with their entire catalog. Well, you like voices. I mean, Wayne, Robert Plant's got one of the better voices in all of music. <clears throat> Now, my favorite singer of all time, no surprise to these guys. I mean, this guy <laughs> has so many albums, and he has over 100 songs, and I probably know 93 of them, every single word and every single key and every single tone by heart. And that is the number one selling 
in solo artist in the history of American music, more than Elvis, more than Michael Jackson, more than Madonna or Billy Joel. And that is El- um, Elvis. Has, that is Garth <laughs> Brooks. Garth Brooks is the number one selling solo artist of all time for a reason. Every single song he does is phenomenal. He's reinvented himself so many times throughout his music. I don't love the newest iteration of him. His last two albums I haven't really loved because he took a long break. But right up until that point, I mean, Fresh Horses, um, Seven, uh, every album was just so great. Start to finish, every single song. I'm not gonna lie. I know how great he is. I couldn't, and I probably could sing his songs. I couldn't name you one song of his. Now I could sing. See, I didn't even know that was his song, and that's what I'm saying. Like you know, I could sing that song, but I didn't know it was his song. So, uh, my number one of all time is the actual real greatest band of all time, and the actual greatest voice of all time, and that's Queen. Um, I mean, what can we say? We all saw the movie, and I think like you know that had a lot of influence on them coming back and doing what they are. And now Adam Lambert has joined with Queen, and you know they've really just kind of blown up. And you know nobody's really been able to match the voice the way Adam Lambert has, and kind of the persona that Adam Lambert has. And so you know that's just incredible to see. But I mean, Queen's just inc- amazing. They they've given arguably the greatest live performance of all time at Live Aid. Um, and you know, you talk about catalogs, their catalog is, is just bonkers. Uh, fat bottom girls is, is, you know, it's my favorite song of all time. And, you know, I love a big booty bitch. So, I mean, how can you not? And, you know, they knew that back in, back in the day. So, I I mean, obviously Bohemian Rhapsody is their huge one and everyone could sing every word of that song, but I mean, Queen's just amazing. And I'm not gonna lie, uh, Fat Bottom Girls is actually my favorite Queen song of all time. It's awesome. It's, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good, especially because he starts off so quiet and then he just bam bangs it. it. Bang. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's not something you'd expect from like a, a I guess, a known homosexual, you know what I mean? Or, or known bisexual or something like that. But I mean, the fucking, the song was just a banger. It's so good. Well, that wraps up our Infinity Five. We did run a little over schedule here, so thank you for sticking with us. If you missed any part of the show, I do want to throw up the graphics real quick again. You can check out this. will be available on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher tomorrow, and it should play on the RTF Sports Network, I believe at 1 or 11, because I don't think they've switched the times yet, but eventually it'll be all at 1. You can see us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Reach out to us. Hit us up. Let us know how things are going. We certainly appreciate you guys listening. I usually give these guys parting shots, but like I said, we are running a little late. I will give either one of them, whoever yells out Kenny first, what do you got? Hey, yo, Kenny, uh, let us know who your favorite five bands are. <laughs>